0: Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast. Your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. You know, I was sitting there, I was just enjoying the worship and, uh, and I like just to look around and watch the people as they're in God's presence. You, you know, I just, sometimes God does this with me. He'll help me to see what He sees. And I just saw Jesus from his throne in heaven. Not visually, but in my spirit, my heart. And I saw him smiling and so happy that we're all here to honor him. See, he came for us, and now we come to him in response. Amen? So praise the Lord. God has a word for us today. This is my favorite, favorite season of the entire year. Christmas is great. It is. It's wonderful. The birth of our Savior. But it wasn't baby Jesus that went to the cross, right? And when we take and we look at the Good Friday and then the resurrection celebration, that's really the reason for the whole salvation message. Jesus came to die so that we could live. And so I'm excited. I believe God's given me a word for everyone today. And And as you take and we consider where we're at right now, in every time zone around the world, people of Christian faith are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, if you look at history, no event in the entirety of history has ever caused so much controversy. Look at when the resurrection happened. The religious leaders were upset, the political leaders were upset. The only ones who were rejoicing were the ones who loved Jesus. And then the, the, the snowball effect, the domino effect of, of after His resurrection, the following the day of Pentecost, the church just grew. It was like a fire spreading across dry ground and land setting everything in its path ablaze. You know. And then there were people who embraced the message of Jesus. How could you not? But then there were those because it threatened their own personal kingdoms, their own, you know, riches, their own achievements, their own positions. You know, they took it with resistance. Thank God you're all here today. Thank God you're saying thank you. It's always important to remember, amen? You know one place I've never gone, but it's on my list? I've never been to Arlington Cemetery. And all of you know who are part of this congregation, those of you who Watch us faithfully online. I love our military. I love our brave men and women. And when you think of the sacrifice those brave men and women have made throughout the history of our nation, it's it's just the ultimate sacrifice to protect and guard our freedom. So the ultimate warrior of all warriors, Jesus. He's a warrior king. And he walked the road. He didn't just talk it, he walked it. That's why we're here. We're going to honor Him today. So I'm going to make a comparison this morning. I'm going to teach about the resurrection out of the Old Testament because it's all over. And I'm going to be talking about an individual, actually our Wednesday night Bible study that Cindy and I facilitate. We've been studying the book of Ezekiel on the topic of revival. And you'll find, in my theological training, you'll find those who have also extended their, their, their understanding and study of Scriptures, there are typologies. Like King David was a type of Jesus. He was a prophet, priest, and king. David was, just as Jesus was prophet, priest, and king. And so Ezekiel is a type of God the Father in Scripture. And you're saying, well, pastor, how is that? Well, just as Ezekiel in the text we're going to look at in just a moment was challenged to speak over a valley of dry bones— God the Father then, when it was time for His Son to come and resurrect from the dead, He spoke over death, dry bones, a body that was lifeless. And there's a principle here we can all learn from and celebrate the goodness of God at the same time. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, just five verses, verses 1 through 5. And Ezekiel says this, he says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, God speaking to Ezekiel, Son of man. Can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Holy Spirit just... Open our hearts and minds, no distractions, nothing that stands in the way of what you desire to say to us in this moment. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. The Valley of Dry Bones represented the nation of Israel, and when God was speaking to Ezekiel, Israel was in in a very, very decrepit state spiritually. They were worshiping other gods. Every other agenda had come before God. There was no honor. There was no worship. The nation was spiritually in dire need. Just as when Jesus came to earth, the world was in dire need of a Savior. They were in dire need not just of a king, but a king that would exceed all other kings so obviously Jesus, coming from the lineage of of David, he was the promised Messiah that Israel had been looking for. But yet the nation at the time of our Lord's brief moment of 33 and one-half years on this earth, I mean, he died young, didn't he? The nation was ready to receive what God had for them. Ezekiel. As was Jesus. Both were facing and looking over a valley of death. Ezekiel was looking at physical death. Jesus, he knew. He knew why he came. He wasn't distracted. He didn't get caught up in his his own celebrity status. Both of them knew what they were looking at. And Jesus knew the spiritual depravity Of mankind and just as Ezekiel as we read a moment ago spoke life over the valley of dry bones at the end of Jesus earthly existence God the Father would speak life over the dead body of his son declaring what declaring and the title of my message life conquers death the same faith that Ezekiel's miracle set in motion is the same faith that resurrected Jesus from the dead. No difference. Both were from God. So let's examine this comparison beginning with the bones. The Valley of Dry Bones was a prophetic word from God for Ezekiel to speak and to bring to the people during a very, very difficult time to be a prophet just as There are difficult times to be a preacher of the gospel, especially if you're in nations that are so anti-God, anti-Christ. There are missionaries we have in China, missionaries we have in Russia, and other third world nations that are so against the things and the gospel of Jesus Christ that they have to meet underground. And if they are found out, if they are exposed, they're imprisoned, they're beaten, their families are stripped from them, and even they face and suffer death. So Ezekiel, here he is with this message. and God wanted to make sure that Ezekiel understood that how all things are possible if we're faithful to carry out his commands. And that's the same thing with Jesus. I mean, he he, he was the one who, who was the doctorate. He was the expert speaking about faith, wasn't he? His faith caused miracles to happen. His faith caused people to marvel. There was no one like Jesus. Some of the religious leaders, they said, he has to be from God because no one could do these things unless God was with him. So during his time on this earth, he had captured the attention of the multitudes. In every arena, those that loved him and those that sought his destruction. So here you have Ezekiel speaking to a graveyard, representing the spiritual condition. Ezekiel facing the sins of the nation, just as Jesus one day would face the sins of the world. Both of these men were facing the impossible. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt like maybe a diagnosis from, a, from your doctor, a, a financial concern, a legal battle that you're in the midst of, or maybe someone you love that's suffering addiction or, and, and their marriage now is on the rocks? Just there are many negatives that can become so overwhelming in life. Is, is that true for you or am I the only one? And so when we think about those moments, it's almost as if we come to that place where we're hanging on with every ounce of hope we have left. King David, he had moments like this. If you go back into the Old Testament, I I always say this is one of my favorite verses, but the whole Bible is one of my favorite verses. Uh, The only ones that maybe I gloss over a little too quickly at times are are the lineologies, you know, and and it's so-and-so begat so-and-so and begat so-and-so, and it's like, oh, my goodness. But there is purpose in that as well. So I always tell people, I believe this book from Genesis to the maps that are in the back of the Bible. But anyhow, David had felt like this. Psalm 23 is actually referenced as a soldier's prayer. David had come up through the ranks of King Saul. After defeating Goliath, he had captured the attention of the king. Then as he grew in understanding and training, he became a general that eventually set his king on the throne over Israel. So he had been to battle many times. He had had several tours of duty. And he wrote in Psalm 23, and I'll just emphasize verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever been there? I know I faced the valley of shadow of death a few times. Medically, and God brought me back. Hallelujah. Some of you who have served in military uh, careers, you've had tours of duty, and maybe you were under fire. It was life-threatening. David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why doesn't he fear? He you're with me. He doesn't fear because he says, I know you are with me. Even when death casts its shadow over me, I don't fear because I know you're with me. Knowing who's with us is everything. It's game changer. It really is. Isn't it astounding? Love or hate Tom Brady? He went to a losing team his first season with them and they won the team had greater confidence why because they knew they had tom brady well i'm here to tell you someone greater than tom brady's with all of you today he's with me he was with david Yea, though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i won't fear because you're with me when we truly understand from a spiritual perspective who is with us it boosts our confidence then fear Fear's there, but it doesn't dictate my decisions. I will not be ruled except by whatever God desires for my life. That's how David felt. There were times he didn't know if he would see tomorrow. But you know what God did with David with impossible situations? God used the impossible to build David's faith. And if some of you are facing the impossible, God wants to build your faith through that. verse. he's saying, I'm with you. So don't let it rock you. Don't let it rattle your your foundation. Don't let it shake you. I'm with you. My rod and my staff will comfort you. This becomes our basic training so that we are effective in sharing our faith, giving confidence. You know, when people walk through difficult times and when you've walked similar roads and people see how, yes, it was just as challenging, but your faith remains solid people will look to you and find hope and they'll say if so-and-so could do it i can do it too and so when we take and we face the impossible it builds our faith so we can believe for greater things didn't jesus talk about in the gospels you'll do greater things i believe sometimes we become so complacent as christians and we just settle for mediocrity but God says, Man, I'd have so much more for you if you would just slow down and listen. And Ezekiel slowed down, he listened, and the Lord said, Prophesy, son of man. Prophesy to the impossible. Prophesy to this circumstance that seems beyond repair. Speak life into death, those valley of dry bones. In our text, you'll find that God was teaching this to Ezekiel. Look at uh, verse 3 of chapter 37 of our text. He says, Son of man, can these bones live? Isn't it amazing how God asks us a question? He already knows the answer. So we know it's rhetorical. Son of man, can these bones live? Now Ezekiel knew what God wanted to hear, but Ezekiel's response is far from that. Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. That's not what I asked, right? Ezekiel's response, you know what it was? It was like his faith. He didn't lack faith, but his faith was hesitant. You ever have hesitant faith? I've had that at times. Thank God the Lord pulls me back in and gets me where I need to be. You see, Ezekiel was walking by sight, not by faith. And and, and what does the Scripture say? We walk by faith not by sight. We have to be intentional. We have to be deliberate to do that. Like Joshua said to the Israelites, choose you this day. We have to choose to walk by faith. But there will be times when we do walk by what we see. We're affected by the outward circumstances. I mean, it's big. It's big. But that's when, when we slow down, we stop, we listen. Just like Ezekiel. God will tell us what to do. You see, the impossible is not determined by who you are. Look at the person next to you and say, did you hear that? Go ahead, say it. Did you hear that? The impossible is not determined by who you are, but rather by who God is. My God is awesome. My God is life. My God is healing and health. My God is wisdom. My God is peace in the midst of trouble and turmoil. My God, my God, my God. The impossible is not determined by our resources. Sometimes God likes us to face things where we are lacking resource. So He can become our resource. Last time I read my Bible, someone lacking wealth would not be able to pave the streets of their entire city in gold. I don't even know anybody on this earth that has a driveway paved in gold. Although you never know what you're going to find in Saudi Arabia, right? But, uh, uh, you know, the gold city. But God has no lack. Every resource is at his disposal. And in order for Ezekiel to see the miracle to come to pass, in order to see those bones come to life, there had to be a change. You'll find once you see what God sees, let me say it again, once you see what God sees, you'll begin to speak what He speaks. A lot of us need to change our talk. Come to church, lift our hands, read our Bibles at home. We see all of the faith, and then our narrative changes to fear. Hey, listen, we all get hit. We're not Superman. He is super. We're not. But we need to monitor our lives, our speech, our thoughts. Paul talks about taking every thought captive. It's not good to think fear. Do you know that fear is to the devil what faith is to God? Fear is faith. It's just faith in the negative. So whose report are you going to believe? God's one of faith or Satan's one of fear, negative faith in motion? Once you see what God sees and once you begin to speak what God speaks, this will equip you and I just like it did Jesus and Ezekiel to deal with the flesh. Pastor, what do you mean the flesh? The flesh is what we see with the natural eye. It's the carnal. It's the impossibility. And that's why once we begin to change our our whole perspective, it'll change our, our talk, I have found, all through the Bible, two words that resonate time and time again. Maybe not in these same two words, but in principle. What are those two words? Faith speaks. Faith speaks. And this is what Ezekiel did in verses 7 and 8 of our text. Here God says, prophesy over these these dry bones, this valley that's full of bones that are very dry. Speak over them. Speak life into them. And it says, and so I prophesied. Ezekiel decided to go with God's narrative. Go with God's plan, to be obedient. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Hallelujah. Have you ever prayed and then there's a noise? Sometimes we stop at the noise, though. Praise God, it's done. God wants to do much more and go beyond the noise. Let's look at the, the continued verse here. And there was a noise. And suddenly, what started as a noise, Ezekiel says, a rattling. Rattling those dry bones, right? And the bones came together, bone to bone. Now, Pastor, this is impossible. You're absolutely correct. But God Almighty specializes in the impossible. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over but there was no breath in them you see when God begins to move and manifest and show us demonstrations that really strengthen our faith don't stop until you reach the fulfillment of the miracle because God had done so much there was the the noise the rattling the bones coming together sinew and flesh coming upon those bones and the skin covered them over. But yet the miracle wasn't done yet. Why? Because there was no breath. The breath of life. The miracle was just about there, but not finished. You see, Ezekiel's act of faith, that set this miracle in motion. That's when life, because he obeyed God's Word, and all he did was say what God said to say. He didn't add to it, didn't subtract from it. He just said what God said to say, and the life that is in God's Word began to saturate the valley of dry bones. That which was possible all of a sudden was now possible. When Ezekiel spoke, what happened? Supernatural faith was released. Faith speaks. Remember those two words. And it was this same level of faith that set in motion the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. God the Father saw his son die. God the Father saw him draw his last breath. God the Father saw him buried and placed in that tomb. But God the Father did not allow what he saw to distract, deter, or take him away from what he would do next by speaking life over the dry bones the lifelessness of his son aren't you glad we serve a god like this what happened god the father spoke same thing he did in the very beginning with this earth and god said let there be light what how did he create light he spoke and then the bible says and there was light when jesus says it is finished and then that three-day period, not three, four, three full 24-hour period of time, but three days as is listed on a Jewish calendar, he was crucified before the setting of the sun, so he died on a Friday, was in the tomb on a, sun, on a Saturday, and was resurrected just as the clock struck midnight. The next day, three days on God's calendar. So God the Father, He was there looking And what had never been done, oh yes, Lazarus had been called back from the dead. Which also, I spoke about typology in Scripture. The resurrection of Lazarus was a typology when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. That was a typology of what God the Father would speak over His own Son. My Son, Jesus, come forth. So people had seen those who had died come back to life, but they would have to die another day. But never in all of history, That someone died, and through their death, conquered death, sin, and the grave, and then be brought back, body, soul, and spirit, to life, never to die again. That had never happened. But God the Father knew it was time. Jesus said, it's finished. And God the Father said, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn. Ezekiel talks in chapter 37, verse 2, about an open valley. Let's look at that. Then he, God, caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many, the dry bones, in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Now, I want you to circle that word open in your Bible. So write it down if you're taking notes on your bulletin. If something's open, what does that suggest? You can get in and you can get out. An open valley. Which means, if an open valley, even though it's filled with death, is still open, then those ensnared by death... Those ensnared by an overwhelming circumstance. Those who are just threatened by an impossibility because the valley is open. That which is impossible for us is never impossible for God. There is a way out and that's why God the Father sent His Son. There have been many who have lived and died and have professed to be God, have professed be able to bring the cure for sin, the remedy for, for all of the brokenness in society, only to die and their doctrines and teachings dying with them. But God the Father, He knew when Jesus said, it is finished, Jesus was really saying, I fulfilled every prophetic word about my life, I have fulfilled all of the law, and now I have done what was necessary to die on behalf of all mankind? It's finished. In essence, he was saying, Devil, you're finished. God did what no man could do. If we could save ourselves, it would have happened a long time ago. Why would God waste his son's life on something we could have fixed? Why do you think our society is so messed up? Look at all of these nations. Why does one nation want to rule the world? Isn't that what Satan wanted? You go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 14. It says there was a war in heaven. This was even before the earth existed. There was a war in heaven. And Lucifer, who was an archangel of God, he was over worship. He rebelled against God, and he rallied one-third of all the angels to join him in this heavenly revolution, as they thought. Only for God, as Scripture says, with a blast of his nostrils, dethroned, kicked Lucifer out of heaven along with one-third of those angels to the earth, and then his name went from being Lucifer to Satan, the devil. There is an unseen power. It's called the power of Satan, antichrist against everything God stands for, And just as Satan wanted to take the throne of God, now on earth he tries to do the same through the embodiment of different people. What we're battling is not flesh and blood. It's spiritual. That's why, yes, there is a time for a righteous war. I get that. But we also need to be filled with righteous prayer. It was prayer that took and parted the Red Sea. It was worship and prayer that brought down the walls of Jericho. It was prayer that brings the dead back to life. It was prayer that cleansed the lepers' wounds. It was prayer that brought out demons that harassed the demoniac at the gathering tombs. When we battle the true source through prayer, God can accomplish in a moment what we could never accomplish, even in extended years. See, there is a source, and that's why we needed a Savior. That's why Messiah, Jesus, had to come. Yes, thank God for Christmas, but because of Easter, because of the resurrection, because Jesus conquered sin, death, and the grave. That's why the impossible is possible. That's why there's life after failure. That's why there's always hope. Nothing is beyond the reach and the grasp of our God. He can do what we can't do and what no one else can do. And that's why David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear because you're with me. And God is with all of you today. What are you facing? Jesus faced death, but he faced it with confidence. Hallelujah. All because of his spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit, He's the one that gives life. In Ezekiel, it says in verses 9 and 10, also, He said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Now, the miracle was just about complete. Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, Son of Man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. What does this tell us? God, the Holy Spirit, honors the Word of God. When we speak God's Word, He hastens over it. He listens. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, the prophet says, for I am watching. God is speaking through Jeremiah, for I am watching over my Word to do what? Perform it. Fulfill it. It was the Word of God, again, that brought life to the Valley of Dry Bones. It was the Word of God that also raised Jesus from the dead. And it's the same Word of God that sets people free, even to this day. What does that tell us? It's time to speak. To prophesy means to speak what God speaks. Say what He has said to say. Speak over your Valley of Dry Bones. What is it that is death over your life right now? What is it that's threatening you? And like Ezekiel, speak over your valley of dry bones. It's time to prophesy God's word over your life and your circumstances. It's time to speak over your family, your friends, your community. Speak over the state that you live in. Those of you watching internationally, speak over your nation. Begin to call forth revival. Believe God for greatness. Believe God to move on that corrupt nation that you may be living under right now. Speak to the nation and speak to the world. It's what Jesus did from the cross. He was speaking to the world, He was making a prophetic declaration. He was declaring Satan's defeat. And even though there were some who looked for a physical king, he knew before a physical kingdom could be established, he had to reestablish his spiritual kingdom on this earth. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. On earth, where? As it is in heaven. When you deal with the spiritual, everything follows. I'm serious. That has been true in every aspect of my life. When I address the spiritual, you do what God says to do. That's laying the groundwork. That's the foundation. Then everything else follows. It's just like planting seed. How many of you are doing gardens now during the spring season? I can't wait for real tomato season, not the hothouse grown. And what do you do now? Some of you buy seedlings. Some of you take and actually plant the seeds. There's a time to plant. And then you care for it. You cultivate it. You water it. Then eventually, you harvest it. If you do the first, everything else will follow. And Spiritually, it's the same principle. When you do the spiritual things, make it right with God, then everything else will follow behind. I'm so grateful that God's the one who set in place the laws of reciprocity, sowing and reaping. And this is why we are celebrating today. Why? Because God spoke. He spoke at creation, but then finally that third day, He spoke to the tomb of His Son. And when He spoke, there was no debate. Satan had to adhere. He had to obey. Hell could not hold our Savior in the grave. Honestly, sometimes we give the devil too much credit. We need to understand he does have a degree of authority. But he's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-authoritative. So understand your adversary, absolutely. That's one of the key principles even in the art of war. Understand your adversary, but don't fear him. Don't give him more than he really has. Don't allow that persona to grow and intimidate you. Understand who you are. Understand who's backing you. Understand for those of us who are Christians, who lives within us. The third person of the trinity god the holy spirit when we become christians god just doesn't say you're on your own he then puts a deposit within you and if you ever open a bank account and put a deposit when we god purchases us he seals the deal with a deposit he puts his holy spirit god himself within every person when they become a christian we couldn't be born again without it and by the way for the record Jesus is the one who coined the phrase, born again. Not any other religious institution. So if Jesus said it, that's good enough for me. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we speak, hell could not hold our Savior in the grave. Jesus Christ, because of his resurrection, he is living proof that the promise of salvation is not for some, but for all people. Now, just think back now. Think back, can you imagine what the kingdom of darkness must have been thinking two days prior to the resurrection? After he had been crucified, after he had been laid in the tomb, hell had a party. They thought they had won. I've always said, sin makes you stupid. But they partied, they were excited, they thought they had won. But then finally, after the first day, When the effects of the party were wearing down, probably one of them down in hell said, Wait a minute, didn't he talk about rising from the dead? Yeah, I think I remember that. Because remember, sin makes you stupid. So they said, Well, just in case there's a breach, just in case this may be true, let's start fortifying all of our gates. All of our areas of entrance. Let's send myriads of demon here and millions there. Let's fortify so just in case if there's a break, we're there to contain it. Then as the clock was ticking down, now go from the kingdom of darkness to God's kingdom. All of heaven, they knew what was coming. And they had never seen God miss it yet so they knew what to expect and they all got quiet and God the Father he rose up from his throne and when he stood a silence, a hush and then just as Jesus spoke to the tomb of Lazarus illustrating what God the Father would do over his only son God the Father, He said, Jesus, my only begotten Son, come forth. All of hell echoed with those words Jesus, come forth. The very foundations there began to shake and tremble. And even though they had tried to fortify and keep the fulfillment of His resurrection from coming to pass, they failed. And when jesus left that holding place paradise the bosom of abraham scripture says he led captivity the righteous who had been waiting for the messiah to come they got dragged onto his train his royal garment his robe and just as a bride has a train that trails behind her gown they got on the gown the royal robe of jesus and those who had been waiting when jesus was resurrected their bodies left that holding place in fact it says in john's gospel that the saints of old were seen walking the streets of Jerusalem. The power of the resurrection, Satan could could not only hold Jesus back, he couldn't hold the righteous who had been waiting for him, Messiah. And because of the resurrection, everything has changed. See, Adam and Eve, before their sinful condition, they did not have the Holy Spirit within them. But because Jesus came in the form of man, now when we profess Him, confess Him as our Savior, commit our lives to Him, that deposit of His Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was within Jesus, that same Holy Spirit that enabled Him to raise the dead, to deliver the demon-possessed, and to release healing, that same Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you and I, if we have confessed Jesus as Savior. On Friday, hell partied. On Saturday, they prepared. And on Sunday, they panicked and failed. Jesus is risen. Amen? There is a way out in closing from your valley of dry bones. What is it that you're facing? Jesus took the way out so all of us who would call upon him could access freedom in the same pattern. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. Did you hear me? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. How many want that power? How many want the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit? How many want to be able to speak over your valley of dry bones, your circumstances? Because God the Father, through his son Jesus, conquered sin, death, and the kingdom of darkness, you can live life as a conqueror as well. There is hope. You don't have to fear the valley of the shadow of death because God is with you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand right now. Let's stand. I want to pray for everyone here. Life conquers death. And in order for that to be true in your life, you need to embrace the salvation of Jesus Christ. So before I have the musicians come and and finalize and close our service with a special song, I want to pray for everyone in this auditorium as well as everyone who's watching around the world. A prayer where you can confess with your mouth. You can commit your life to Jesus so that you can operate and move in the power of his spirit. Enjoy resurrection power and then face whatever you may face throughout your lifetime. Face those circumstances with confidence and faith. Amen. So I just want to ask everyone just to pray this prayer with me. You can lift your hands if you want, or you can keep them by your side. But I just want to pray a prayer of affirmation, a prayer of faith, a prayer of salvation. Right now, just everyone, repeat after me, nice and loud. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the resurrection. And thank you for your grace and mercy. I want your resurrection power in me. I want your salvation. So right now, in Jesus' name, I confess with my mouth, I believe with my whole heart that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. From this day forward, I'm no longer the same. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me now. Thank you, Lord. I'm born again. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Give a big praise. Come on, everyone, give a big praise. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org, or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.